here today I am with Eric Freeman. Now there is a video on Vice. It's got almost six million views. Uh -huh. And I'm gonna let Eric introduce himself to you in a second. And thank you very much for coming on. Quite welcome. Thank you for having me. Why were you selected by Vice? What is your expertise? Uh, I have been studying the occult and Satanism since I was little. Um, while other kids are drawing pictures of the sun and, and houses, I was drawing pictures of monsters and mad scientists and the devil. And I've just always been like a weird kid. I've always liked horror movies and, and I, guess the, I guess the darker nature of life. Um, the inevitable aspect of learning to live with knowing your mortality and not letting it get in the way, I guess, has always been my fascination. Um, Vice came to me, they were doing the Devil's Due movie, and uh, I'm, I'm fairly well known for, for my aspects because I'm not, I, I think one of the things that needs to go over is there's a huge differential between Satanism and devil worship. And that's, that's where uh, I think most people get lost. There's a lot of stuff in movies and TVs and, uh, you know, it, it's, they're called TV programs for a reason. And so you have to look behind why certain things are being utilized for certain aspects. I mean, the government feeds on fear. It utilizes fear to control people and to get them to do exactly what they want. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've spent my entire life basically just trying to admonish the truth about my reality with, with what's going on. Um, I just always kind of, I'm a scientist at heart, and so I always wanted to know the truth. I always wanted to know, I didn't want to know, you know, as I said, what we saw in movies or TVs or someone's fiction book. Um, I wanted to know what was real, you know, and, and uh, I have a, I don't know, maybe a death wish uh, since I was little that I tried to utilize to overcome aspects that other people wouldn't be able to. Uh, just because... I think just because someone has the realization of death doesn't mean that they have to fear death. The fact that they don't fear death will, they can accomplish things that anyone in their right, sane mind would never even attempt because uh, it's just too dangerous. And so I, I've spent my entire life in that, in that realm. Um, I was almost a cop uh, and I only applied in, very particular areas where it was actually going to be real police work, not giving tickets or, you know, I didn't want anything to do with any of that. That doesn't, that doesn't feed my, uh, I guess my lust for war might be a good way to put it. And so I've, uh, I've just done it with life instead of in a particular job. And so, um, from, what I've been able to discern from my expertise uh, in 30 plus years of study of all this, uh, I think there are different factions of what people would classify as Satanists. Um, I think some are definitely not per se modern Satanists as LeVay. And so, um, you know, there's, there's something called the Satanic Temple. 
okay, and they're they're doing their Baphomet statue or whatever, and and it's it's an incomplete bastardization of of the duality of nature, which is what Baphomet is supposed to represent. Basically, it's all aspects of nature fused into one particular thing, and so they've bastardized that concept, and then they've thrown on these this political nonsense with the kids. You know, and I personally, I don't think kids have any any reason to be anywhere near that statue, personally. Um, I think that the Satanic Temple are instrumental in destroying family values, um, as well as, I mean, there's a lot of SJW stuff that's going on right now. If you're familiar with social justice warriors, um, where uh, offended culture and cancel culture and all that, where um, there's no free speech anymore. There's no, uh, everyone is so offended and so upset with their, their personal feelings and any kind of shock-driven instrument that they throw at them that they lock up and they turn into fearful animals. And then they'll let anyone do anything they want to control them to, for their own personal safety. It, it's really just an ego issue. And, and I think Satanists spend a lot of time breeding out ego. And, and so, again... Um, Vice came to me, uh, I have a buddy again from Cleveland whose name is DeWitt, who, uh, fronts a band called Integrity. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but they're, they're just this tiny band from Cleveland that used, uh, the occult and will in a Nietzsche format to become a, a worldwide sensation as far as that particular type of music. And so uh, Andy Capper, who used to be the, I believe, the producer for All of Ice, knows my friends Wid, and they were discussing this organization called the Nine Angles. And they came to me about doing an interview about the Nine Angles. And, uh, and the Nine Angles, I believe, was a British slash possibly MI6 fear-based campaign because if you look who used to own it, it's David Myatt, I believe is his name. He was in charge of that particular group and what that group was supposedly, and I have yet to find any evidence of any of this, um, because I'll tell you honestly, I have two children of my own. Um, if some of the things that I've heard that Satanists do were done anywhere around me, I would definitely be in prison. I can tell you confidently that I would spend, it wouldn't even happen because I would take care of the situation before it got anywhere close to those type of situations. When they talk about uh, child molestation, uh, the, the bleeding of children, um, I have yet to see anything in the realms that I have delved in that has anything to do with that. Now, I will say I believe that certain organizations were put up as a front to distract the public from what's going on on a much higher level. And so, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, from my research, I would think the Vatican is probably the most evil institution in the world. And it is seen as this bastion of, of good and hope. They are the richest city-state in the world. They have everything. They refuse to uh, deliver anything. They, when they get caught raping children, they don't prosecute. 
like you would think if people actually listen to the words of Christ, that they would immediately take that person and make sure that that person was punished, you know, heaven or hell. And so that, that person deserves hell. Instead, they take those people and they move them to these unsuspecting parishes where the parents don't know, the kids don't know, and they just give them a whole new flock of victims. And so, you know, people, it's, it's just a, a very complicated thing because Satanists, at least LeVan Satanists, and I'm not saying there aren't other types of Satanists because there's evidence in the, the Satanic Temple, which I would consider to be, I would consider them to be neo-hippie liberals masquerading in black, using the term Satan to get attention, is what I would call it. They are not Satanists. They do not understand. Satanism is about Levian Satanism. I, I, will, I will continue to re-reference that it's Levian Satanism because that was taken, Anton LeVay took some of the greatest minds ever and put them together into a, a concise format for basically people that didn't really like to follow the rules for them to get the most out of life. When you, you know, as you're raised, you're told, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, everything will be wonderful. And then you find out at a certain point, it's not necessarily the case unless you are born rich and privileged. Um, so you have to claw and scrape to get, sometimes whatever you can, depending on your situation in life. And so through LeVay's book, The Satanic Bible, it gives a format for people that are not sheep, people that do not like to be penned up, don't like to be told what to do. They like to have their own path. And it teaches them how to responsibly utilize that power that I think that most people, I think most people allow society to allow certain let's say glitches in their personality to turn into negative things instead of trying to utilize them for positive measures. Um, and I, I think the Christian church is involved in that too, because there's a ton of guilt. There's a ton of uh, just referencing to uh, just not being acceptable in what I would consider a delusion's eyes. And so I think it's I think it's been terrible for our entire society, honestly, to be a and, and we were not especially the United States was not built as a Christian nation, and it now is a Christian nation. Uh, that being said, I will fully state that I am online completely with conservatives, where it has gone way too far, where I think liberals are completely insane at this point, and the rule of law is dead. And it needs to be revamped so that facts and logic are reutilized instead of just anyone's gut instinct to jump at whatever, you know, fancy cracker they put in front of them. Well, well we, we, we love, love big long answers on this channel and striking red backgrounds from antiquity. That is um, absolutely classic there. Before we delve into your belief system, and Anton LaVey, just got a few quick questions to fire off. One about your childhood. Uh -huh. Is it true that age six, you tried to summon the devil? Absolutely. I watched, uh, I watched an episode of Fantasy Island. That's how old I am, if anyone remembers that. And um, there was some kind of 
I think it was more of a pan type situation, but it was uh, someone. It was a woman. I remember her. She she tried to call forth the devil to get everything she wanted in life, and um, you know who doesn't want? I think I was looking for a, an evil Knievel motorcycle toy. I think is what I was looking for at that point. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't anything uh, riches, fame, good looks. It, it was nothing intelligent at all. It was, I want this evil Knievel motorcycle toy that my mom won't buy me. And so I uh, attempted to sell my soul to the devil for an evil Knievel toy. And, um, and lo and behold, nothing happened. <laughs> Shockingly. And so that, um, that was actually a really, I think, important aspect of, of all of it. Because the fact that nothing happened broke through, I guess, that delusion of what I was seeing on TV. And I was like, hey, this doesn't work. Well, if this doesn't work, how do I make it work? Or does it not work? You know, it's too good to be true. Even when I was a kid, I've never been a dummy. You know, I knew when something was too good to be true. And so... Uh, it led me on a pathway, I guess, to, to truth, to investigate things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's the answer to that question. Okay, let's put the background in context then. Your house has got a lot of history. Could you expand on that? Um, I, I, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm originally from Los Angeles. Um, Cleveland's a, a nice city. It's slightly backwards in its mentality um, compared to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is much more progressive in good and bad ways. Um, and so I've been here for years. Uh, I've done a million things, whether it be uh, most of my life I've spent in security, whether it be nightclubs, strip bars, private security, whatever it may be. Um, which also, I guess, fed into that war mentality that I had. But uh, I, I think, I don't know if war is the correct word, because it, it's definitely a warrior mentality, but it's utilized more in a, a protective measure, is the way I've always utilized it. Because, um, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, after the first five minutes, YouTube said it's okay to swear. Okay, um, and it's not even that bad. Basically, uh, when someone wants to come out and be an asshole when everyone else is having a good time, I take special pride and pleasure in showing that particular person what kind of asshole someone really can be. And so to me, it's a lesson where, and there's probably a, a couple of thousand people that can tell you, I can assure you, if they did something at my door that I found to be inappropriate, that would being repeat behavior somewhere else, I handled it right then to make sure that it stopped with me. And so, I, I mean, that's just the way I am. It's the way I'm built. And so uh, there's a house in Cleveland called the House of Wills. It's an 1846 German Opera Hall slash Masonic Temple. And in the 1940s, it was turned into a, a funeral home. And so... Um, it had sat on the market for maybe five years. Absolutely splendid structure, hand-built by craftsmen. 
um, if you pull off the walls in the moldings and in the, in the plaster work, you can see the fingerprints, you can see the horsehair. It's, it's, things are never going to be built like that ever again in our particular lifetime. And so uh, I find it to be a travesty when uh, people just let viable things rot. It's just a, a disgusting thing that I watch on a daily basis. My art is all based on, uh, which is actually how I, I made my money, is I used to make, I used to make really fucked up dolls, uh, graphic representations of horrible moments in time so that, again, back to Christianity, I think through Christianity they tell you to turn the other cheek. I think that mentality allows a lot of things to slip through the cracks. And so I made things that you couldn't block out. I made them overly graphic to make sure that there was no possible way that you were going to not look at it and not feel something. You know, To me, art is about feeling. And it's not necessarily about feeling good or bad. It's about representing life. And so I would drive by this house all the time. I used to work for the city. I was a garbage man. Fancy. Um, and I would drive by this one particular house all the time. It was a funeral home. It was called the House of Wills. And it just absolutely spectacular. And so many years after I worked for the city, someone sent me an email. And they're like, hey, you should go check this out. And the house was... I think it was listed for a million dollars. It was it was like eight hundred ninety six thousand uh, dollars. Granted, in the worst neighborhood, not only in Cleveland, but it's almost always on the uh, top ten list of the worst areas in the country. And so, um, you know, knowing this house sat for five or six years, and I watched it. I just watched it go from something that was beautiful to something that was yearning to be beautiful again, I guess. Um, and so I went on a path to go get it. And uh, I was I was broke, man. I didn't have any money. I didn't have, uh, I was working a regular job then. I forget, I, I might have even been waiting tables at that point. I might have been doing security one or two nights a week. Um, and so I went in there the first time and the first time I went in there, scrappers had already gotten in the house. The roof had a 20 by 20 foot hole in it in one of the rooms so that you would walk up these stairs into the room and it would just be sunshine, uh, which is pretty sweet to look at, um, but not good for a house. And so, you know, I went in there and I, I told them, all right, I'll give you 20 grand. And they were like, well, you know how much they want. And I was like, it's not my concern. I'm going to give you 20 grand for this house. And they were like, well, I'm not even going to put that bid in because it's just a waste of my time. You know, and I was like, put the bid in and I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks for my keys. And so he was like, you know what? I think you're funny. And just to show you that I know you think you're cool, I'm going to show you that's not how the real world works. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'll see you in two weeks, my man. And so two weeks later, he called me and he said, I don't know how you did it, but I have your keys. And so, um, and it, it sounds like, 
I'm not really sure how it happened, honestly. Um, I can't tell you that. I can tell you that LeVan Satanists do not believe in the devil. Um, I feel myself to be literally blessed no matter what pathway, you know, uh, I took. And I can get into in a little bit why I chose Satanism over anything else because there's my main mentality is helping people. And uh, I think that would be the last choice most people would make. But to me, it, it just made sense. And, and I'll get into that in a minute. Before, but, we, before, before we get before into we get that, into that uh-huh. what is your what definition, is your definition of, Satanism? of Satanism? I mean, Satanism to me is utilizing your natural, raw, inherent instincts to get the most out of life and to surpass most people because uh, you just you won't be kept down. I mean, Satanists, Levian Satanists use the term Satan not only as a, a shock tactic because it scares people inherently, but if you uh, if you read the book Paradise Lost by John Milton, Satan saw God in a a light of I guess it would be ignorance, and so even though he knew he wouldn't win, he felt it was the right right. I guess the righteous and just cause to protect those that couldn't protect themselves. And so it's, it's basically the utilization of inherent skills to make the underdog against all odds, the winner. And so back to the house, um, you know, uh, you know, can, uh, will I, I don't know exactly how I got the house. I know on paper how it worked out. Does that make it any more feasible? No, it doesn't. Um, what had happened is the insurance company paid out to the title company for the damage of the house from the scrappers. And with my $20,000, it equaled exactly what they wanted for the house. <laughs> and it was a timing. It, it's, it's, I, it's, I, I consider it to be fate. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have it. Um, it was literally split-second timing that I don't think any anyone, at least any human, could technically be that savvy to orchestrate in that type of manner. And so I, I left it up to fate. And, you know, I got my house. Um, saving my house, well, let's say getting my house and saving my house are two completely different situations. Um, You know, I I paid nothing for it. I have literally blood, sweat, tears. I've risked my life um, because of the neighborhood. People in the neighborhood are economically at a very disadvantaged point and they have very little money. And to them, $5 in scrap metal is enough to eat. And so for the first several years, I I had to spend most of my time repairing break-ins to the house instead of actually fixing the house. Um, Fixing the house is a whole different situation because there was, I would say, two feet of plaster, rubble, concrete on every surface of every floor, and it's it's 49,600 square feet. And so I spent years just, and, and it was, I had to do it by myself because I didn't have money, you know? And, and so any money that I had 
went directly back into the house for, for years. It was a, literally a, a futile, it was futile for years, man. I, I honestly, I thought that I was going insane and I thought I was in some kind of weird uh, purgatory limbo of hell that I was just doing the exact same thing day, day, you know, come in there, fill up buckets with rubble, move them to the pile, go back, fill up another bucket, move it to the pile. For years, I had to do that myself um, because I was working full time. And so I, I didn't have, you know, I only had part time and weekends to work on it. And so uh, it, it has definitely been uh, an interesting journey let's say, uh, I've been locked inside of my unit and they tried to set the house on fire. Um, I've had thousands of death threats, uh, because I, I feel like homesteading the house. And the funny thing is, is I'm really into it for several reasons. Um, a is, is saving architecture. I think if there's a, anyone in their sane mind would not have taken this, they wouldn't have taken this on. It's not, it's not the type of situation that anyone with a business mind or a construction-based mind, I think, would, would do it. But um, I've always been in construction, and so I knew how to do all the work myself. And so I just took a, an old-school punk rock mentality to it, where you're not going to get in my way, and I'm going to get it done, and hell or high water, it's going to happen, like it or not. And... Uh, I am millimeters away from it being completed. And so it, it you know, and, and honestly, without LeVan's Satanism, it would have never happened. It would, it'd be gone. There, there's a million buildings here that are one of a kind architectural, stunning, stunning masterpieces that have just been completely laid to waste and bulldozed up and gone. Nothing was reclaimed. Nothing was reutilized. Uh, you know, it just goes into the dump. And, and that mentality of uh, disrespecting history is, is so repugnant to me um, that I just couldn't, I can't stand by and watch something happen. You know, when you can do something about it, why? Why would you, you know? It's like all these idiots filming shit now all the time. You know, someone's getting murdered and they're, they're there with their cameras, you know? And if they would try to jump on that guy and take his knife, that guy wouldn't be, no one would be dead. It's just a, I don't know where our society has gone, honestly. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, will and hard work does pay off. It does. Um, in the, in the satanic, satanic community, community, do you have a title? And also in the house, do you have a room for rituals? Do you participate in rituals? Absolutely. Uh, I have. Have you ever seen the movie Carrie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So remember under the stairs, Carrie's special room where her mother would put her. Yes. I've, I have a room that's filled with stuff just like that. Um, I'm a big movie fan. I love old horror movies and uh, apocalypse movies and, um, and so the house has been redistributed in many different time periods. There's an Egyptian section. There's a Greco-Roman section that looks, it's a 700 person opera hall that holds, I don't know, two floors. It's all done. It looks like the Coliseum. 
that's being redone in, in the same motif behind me with the red and gold and black is a, a I guess a Nero style Coliseum is what I'm going to do it. But uh, I do have a ritual room. I do not do rituals. My ritual room is a homage to Anton LaVey. And I have a ton of LaVey's personal artifacts and uh, personal items from the Black House before they tore it down. That I have the spell stone from the original Black Altar. That it's, it's in any time you see the Black Altar, there's like a, a weird little cutout. And there's a spell stone with a small skull, which was supposedly where he would cast spells into to get the results he wanted. Um, that all sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. And I am quite positive 90% of it was for show. And so I have one. Um, it has never been, I don't do rituals. Um, the way I perceive magic, um, which I really could perceive as quantum physics, is uh, the manipulation of reality through mental will. And so if you can do that, you don't need any, you don't need some stupid ceremonial dagger. You don't need some stupid uh, cloak. You don't need, you need none of those things. And so um, I, I have none of that. I've never utilized that. Getting back to the Vice interview, if you watched it, if you watch me in the video, I have on a suit. Um, if you watch who actually does the ritual, it would be Thomas who interviewed me because I don't do rituals and I don't care how much money you're going to pay me. I'm not doing something that I feel is disingenuous. And so when you watch that video, um, Thomas is doing, Thomas is doing the ritual. Um, and they were really mad at me about it um, because they were like, we came all the way here from England and, and I was like, that's cool. I, you know, maybe, maybe you want to discuss stuff with people ahead of time. I'm not doing anything I don't do. And so um, to me, they came, that whole interview actually turned out to be about me. And it really was supposed to be about the nine angles. And so that's why they threw that ritual scene in there is because, again, as I said, I don't believe the nine angles is really a real organization. I think it's a fear factor device because if you look it up, Everything that you've ever seen in movies or TV, that supposedly is their particular rituals, you know? And um, I've just never seen hide nor hair of it, man. I've never seen anything like, um, you know, when we talk about the deep state, or we talk about, uh, what is it, endochrome? Um, in, the, in the pedophiles, it's, I think that that is, again, a shadow organization that was put forward to distract the public from what's going on. Because now, as soon, okay, so for David Myatt, he's hardcore Satanist, and then all of a sudden, now he's Muslim. And so as soon as the enemy changed in the 90s from the Satanic Panic, which, if you've done any research on that, there were 500 different reports to the FBI about people, pedophiles, child torture camp, blah, 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 blah. And not a single one was true. And that's, that's, it's, it's on the, like, it's on the internet, it's in writing, it's in books, it's proven facts. But that doesn't mean that something that's above their pay grade isn't really going on. 
and I, I, I do think something like that is going on. And so, uh, you know, I'll be honest for a minute. I was going to, I was going to drop Satanism. Um, I was going to completely remove myself from any aspect of it because it doesn't really give a, with all the doom and gloom and the rest of the nonsense that's attached to it. It's not a productive measure um, in certain things, but I think that if anyone can try to figure out who is doing what, I think it's someone from this, this side. I think it's someone who has ins and outs to things that other people don't have. And so I've stayed with it. Um, and in fact, I work, I work very closely with a, a gentleman by the name of Stanton LeMay. I don't know if you're familiar. It's Anton LeMay's grandson who uh, is starting a new organization called Ordo Satanus. And I think it's ordosatanus.com. Uh, where is, I think, a, a proper representation of what Satanism should be for the public, not the masquerade or the smoke and mirrors. It is art. It's nature. It's abnormalities. It is aspects of science that can't be proven. Um, it's esteem-building aspects. Um, and so together we're trying to utilize what I have seen as, I, I, I'd honestly, I'd probably be dead if I didn't read the Satanic Bible when I was, and I was 12, I think, when I read it. Um, and it really helped me coalesce my thoughts into a different mentality than I think what I was being taught by the general public and by society. And I find it nothing but beneficial and nothing but literally beautiful. Um, I think it would be much better off if it was seen as a, uh, a light-based, aggressive mentality for getting the most. Like, have you ever seen The Secret or any of that nonsense? I've read, I've read the, the book. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Satanism. That's just It's just put in a different format. And so... Um, you know, I, I'm not going to shy away. I find it to be, again, I find it to be disingenuous to bow out. Um, I, I think it can be marketed in the proper way instead of the way it's been marketed by novices and amateurs. I think if people who are really involved, like uh, Stanton's in the bloodline. Anton started modern Satanism. And so he's the only one that's in the bloodline. If you want to look at the current Church of Satan, which Anton doesn't have anything to do with, and hasn't since he died, you, you have uh, a bunch of sycophants that are just proud of paying $200 for a, a card. They do nothing, you know. Um, are there people involved in it that are instrumental in art and entertainment? For sure. I won't deny them that. Um, I will state that they have nothing productive to offer the world or any of their members and so that's why Stan and I have started this new organization to, I guess, help people get the most out of life, man. I see, I see society going in a format where, you know, everyone's getting a participation program and, you know, you don't have to do shit anymore except to uh, show up. And I don't see anything great coming out of any of that.
Who was Anton, Anton, Anton LaVey, and what um, do you what admire, do you the, admire most the most about him? Uh, Anton LaVey is a really interesting character. Um, he worked for the police. Uh, like, when people would call and say, I have ghosts in my house, he would go to their house and say, you know, actually what you have is squirrels. Um, you know, and he, he wasn't one for, with all the, the mystic hoodoo that the movies have thrown onto it, it's all very logical. And that's, the, I think, the funniest part is that, um, you know, we don't believe in God. We don't believe in the, uh, a, the anthropomorphic devil. We don't believe in any of those things. We are a, a logic-based conglomerate of uh, individuals that just want to get, you know, some people don't want to get anything. If you look at the Hindu religion, um, Hindu, Hindus are incredible. In fact, are, are you familiar with the Agari? No. No. The, the Agari is a sect of Hindu Sidhus that immerse themselves in death. And they, they live by funeral pyres and they, they get really intoxicated to the point of almost being dead. Um, and they eat, I think, ceremonial ashes. I think they cook their meat over the funeral pyres. It's, it's just basically human beings that are trying to corrupt themselves to the, the point of mortal death, I guess, to that line where you're almost there to cross over. And at that point, they are rebirthed as a light creature. And they have nothing to do but uh, it, it's all completely light-based. They just want to see how close they are to death so that they know how alive they can really be. And they breed out all of their past experiences. Uh, I mean, you and I are the way we are because of not necessarily us, but because of how we're programmed as children. You know, and, and programming is basically child rearing, programming, whatever you want to call it, is a lot of the time people utilizing their own hangups and their own fears to make children afraid of the exact same thing. And I find it to be very stifling. And so it, uh, it it's, it's, I guess it's just a way to breed out fear. Is I think fear is a killer. After a certain point, fear is there to protect you. After that point, it's it's not productive. And what's your, what's title, your title in the in satanic, the satanic hierarchy? hierarchy? Uh, you know, I, I used to be the head priest of an organization called the New Church of Satan that I've disbanded as to, I guess, fuse it together with uh, mine and Stanton's new organization. And so... Um, you know, I don't know what the title would be. I don't care. Uh, I honestly, I don't care about titles or pins or any. I care about getting shit done. And that's it. High up, High in, up the in the satanic, satanic community, community, is it, is it uh, Aquino? Aquino. Say his, his name. Michael Aquino? Yes. 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 Michael Aquino was the co-founder of the Church of Satan, also a colonel in the U.S. Army, also in charge of uh, PSYOPs for Vietnam. And so when I go back to talking about smoke and mirrors and masquerading and fear-based mentality, I don't know who would be better than a colonel in charge of psychological operations 
to present something like that to the public. Um, I honestly, I don't think Anton was aware. I, I do think that once it left his hands, I think it went a different route. Um, I know it's again, I've always wanted to know the truth. I didn't want to know about the guy who wrote the satanic Bible. I didn't know why. I didn't want to know about the guy who worked for the police. I don't want to know about the guy who fucked Jane Mansfield and Marilyn Monroe. I don't want to know about the Calliope player. I don't want to know about the guy who had lions and tigers. You know, I don't want to know about that guy. I wanted to know about Anton. I want to know when Anton was sitting at home writing these books, I wanted to know what was going on so that I knew basically how he got it into his head to just fuse Ayn Rand, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Mark Twain, Washington, you know, it's some of the greatest minds ever fused together in this format to get the most out of life. But then the marketing for it is so just like fucked up, I guess. Um, You know, it's the negative. And so to me, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of fuck you. And so um, that, I think that's my, my admiration for Anton LaVey is that when everyone was supposed to shut up and play good boy and be civil and pleasant, Anton was screaming fuck you to millions of people via the media. Um, and to me, it's great comedy. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of comedy. And uh, I think that's why like everyone sees it as doom and gloom and whatever. I see it as funny uh, esteem building exercises to, to get the most out of life and while showing people their hypocrisy is at least my format on it. You know, um, that being said, Anton's fuck you to everyone's rules have gone infinitely too far. Um, I actually blame a lot of society's ills on Anton and Alistair Crowley currently. Um, because it was the seed that they presented that has led to this particular insanity. It has gone too far. And uh, I don't know. That's, I think that's why we're trying to use our order. We're trying to, we're trying to rein people back in. I, I myself am very, uh, very conservative about many things. And then I am very liberal about other things. Uh, freedom of religion. I don't care whose religion it is. I am very liberal about um, I am very conservative about abortion. Uh, I am conservative about countries' rights. Uh, I, I guess just family values in general. I, I actually am far more akin to uh, Baptist Christians. Um, in a lot of my mentalities, I think, than, uh, than Satanists in general. Are you a fan, you of, a fan movies of movies such, such as The Exorcist and The Omen? Uh, I think The Exorcist is hilarious. One of my favorite comedies. Um, you, you know that was funded by the Christian church. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was funded by the Christian church, and if you look at the monetary supplements that they received after that movie was presented, you'll figure out why. It was all just to bring people back to the church. If you watch, you can watch videos of when the movie was released where 
people were passing out and, and this and that. It was a sweet marketing scam, you know. Again, fear being utilized for either control or money is not a new game. You know, it's not it's not something that someone just popped up with. It's been it's been around for as long as man has been walking this planet. I would think uh, manipulation and, and you know people just trying to get what they want by any means necessary. And you know sometimes it's used right, sometimes it's not used right. Um, and so you know it's like Malcolm X said, by any means necessary, you know for certain situations, I think needs to be thrown on top of there because now we have people doing things by using that mentality that are criminal. You know, in our country right now, we're dealing with our, our President Obama, who is just loved the world over. Um, everyone loves President Obama. He's just the, the, the best thing since candy. And if they knew what was done, not the media picture, but the reality of that guy's presidency and what he's done, and right now we're dealing with something that uh, President Trump classifies as Obamagate, where once they found out President Trump won the election, they went specifically and purposely out of their way to utilize the FBI to destroy him and have him impeached under false pretenses. And it goes all the way up to Obama, Biden, all of his different counsels, and it's all proven. And it's just fascinating to me that the entire country isn't just up in arms that, I mean, I still consider the president to be a, I guess he's, I consider him to be a citizen, whether he is, I'm not sure by law what that actually stipulates, if he's above that status, but the fact that a citizen can utilize the Justice Department to falsely convict people is just repugnant to me. And the fact that every citizen in this country isn't worried about it happening to them is a problem. So do you think, so do you think stories, stories about, about spirit cooking are a distraction? Uh, no. I, I think some of it is. I think the, I think it's in a format that they're sh what they're showing is absolutely a distraction. That doesn't mean what they're saying about it isn't real. Um, now, there's particular aspects of the deep state concept that I have an issue with. Um, you know, supposedly they are, and these are these are classified as, I think they would probably classify them as satanic pedophiles. I consider them to be Democrats um, most of the time, the higher ups at least, um, and especially aspects of Hollywood, where I can definitely see something like that being utilized. For me to state that rich and powerful people that can have anything they want in the world wouldn't want something really fucked up just because they could. I mean, we watch people go and hunt elephants and giraffes and, you know, and they do it because they can. Not because it's actual sport, because it's not. You know, you fighting mano a mano with someone is sport. You wrestling a bear with a bow and arrow, you know, all those are sporting aspects. Shooting something with a 50 caliber rifle from a mile away is not sporting. It's bullshit. And so that shows me very clearly that I believe certain people are absolutely willing 
to do things only because they can, not because it's the right or wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, we, we have to deal with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Where'd he go, man? Where'd he go? He just died. He just died. No one gives a fuck. There's, you know, he's got thousands of pages. Like, that guy categorized everything, and he's got all the dirt on everyone, and all of a sudden he's dead. Shockingly, camera footage is gone. Like, is anyone that stupid that they really believe that he just died, that he killed himself, that he has all the information to bring down probably not some of the most important people in the world, all of the most important people in the world, and he just is dead, and no one says shit. It's not on the media 24-7. It's a problem. Um, and it's disgusting that people aren't literally up in arms over it, over both of these situations, are, are to me, revolutionary-worthy causes in certain aspects. Um, I'm not really one to take up arms unless necessary, I think it. Uh, I think it's been proven many a time over to not necessarily work, and so there's got to be a smarter way to do it. I think you can do things with your mind that no amount of weapons will ever be able to accomplish, you know. And so uh, I'm not necessarily a violent man, but I don't have a problem with people taking action in their own hands when necessary. Oh, I'm free to and Satanism mutually exclusive. I mean, I, I cannot, again, I, I keep stating what I think all that has to do with is either the deep state or devil worshippers. If you've heard of the Bilderbergs, if you've heard of uh, Bohemian Grove, and I, I think, it, to me, I think it's eyes wide shut stuff where. It, I think most people would classify it as the Illuminati or something of the sort that I really think, which I actually link back to the Vatican, if that's a real thing. I still, I link it all back to the Vatican. Um, and so my main issue with any kind of talk about the, the adendochrome is if you actually pay attention to it and you research its chemical nature, um, you would need such microscopic amounts to... It, it, I, from what I've researched, it, it seems to be a, almost a methamphetamine-based drug. It's adrenal-based. And so I, I guess when supposedly it's, it's taken from children, they, they cause a fear response, and then it increases it into a new chemical formula. The amount that is needed if, that you could take from one child, if that's the case, is enough for billions of doses for people. And so, I mean, you're aware of the chemical nature of, of certain aspects of, of I guess, uh, recreational pharmaceuticals, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can, um, you can make shitty stuff or you can make really good stuff. But it all depends on your base, on how it's divided, you know. And so if you have something that will instantaneously turn someone insane and cause them to have a heart attack within milliseconds, you would have to dilute that to such a perspective that, you know, even with 
let's say there's a tolerance that can be built to it, even with that tolerance, you know? So, so the fact that I'm hearing that millions and millions of children are being abducted and bred in camps and underground tunnels and being used to, to melt this substance up, it, it seems dicey to me, you know? Um, rich and powerful older adults having sex with teenagers, that I have zero issue thinking about. Um, the other aspect I think is a bit far-fetched, but I can't say it's impossible. You know, as I said, I've done the research, and if you were to, if you were to utilize that in the right way and put it in the right formula, I suppose, it could be utilized. It could be a real thing, for sure. How so, would you define witchcraft, and is there overlap with Satanism? Satanism. Um, witchcraft is, you know, again, it depends on who you're talking to. Um, some people are Wiccans, and so they use the supposed, uh, you know, light side of nature to only put forth energy and productive measures. Um, which to me sounds real stupid because if you're magic, why not utilize the full spectrum to get everything? Like I am all about getting everything that you possibly can without hurting someone else in the prospect. And so to me, it just seems, uh, it seems a little ludicrous. Um, and now every 17 to 25 year old is a witch, you know, any girl that can go to, we have a store here called hot topic. You know, that uh, everyone's a witch now, supposedly. Um, now, in, in the UK, you guys kind of have a different perspective. It's, it's definitely more pagan-based. Uh, like Raymond Buckland is, uh, was a, a, a witch. I believe he went by the term witch, not sorcerer, or whatever nonsense term these people are making up. Um, <coughs> and so you know, that was more of a nature-based. And I do think that Satanism in that concept absolutely comes together. Um, I don't know that we would, we don't worship nature. I think it's more of a protective respect of the power of nature and possibly how to try to figure out how to utilize that in your daily life to, to get more. What do you think what of movies think like The Amiga like Man and Logan's Run? Oh, my absolute, you, you hit on two of my absolute favorites. Um, Omega Man is, has been so very pivotal in the house that I can't even begin to tell you. Um, living in that house, um, I mean, I'll be, I'll be clear. I am the only white person in that area. There is probably maybe 60 to 70,000 people that live in that area. And I'm probably the only white guy. And so when it gets dark around the house, you don't want to be outside. And I don't mean me because I'm white. I think anyone really doesn't want to be outside of the house. Um, and so there were absolutely times, um, plus the fact not having any money, having to be ingenious on how to make things work when you have no money and the city won't give you power, the city won't hook up your water, you have to figure it out, you know, or else you know that that thing's just going to be ruined. 
And so that for sure. Um, and you said Soylent Green? Yeah, Logan's Run, Soylent Green, that genre, yeah. Uh, Logan's Run, since I was probably five or six, I've watched it. Um, I am wholeheartedly prepared for those situations. In fact, when the coronavirus started going around and no one knew what was really going to go on, um, I am prepared for those exact situations because you never know. You know, 12 monkeys. Uh, God, I love Omega Man. So much better than any of the other versions. You know, I Am Legend is not as good. Um, whatever the Will Smith one is called is decent, but not as good. Um, Soylent Green is, honestly, I think that's our future. I think we need to prepare for exactly that. In fact, this situation right now, utilized the wrong way, guarantees that ending of the story. Um, now, speaking of those movies, uh, I'll give you a, a very good insight into most of my mentality. Uh, when I was five or six, I saw Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And I just, I just loved it, man. I just like, it was so amazing watching that movie and uh, watching the apes run around and the apes in the velvet suits and them going to different movies and, you know, all of it um, until you get to the end and you find out how fearful and disgusting people are when they don't understand things and how they will go to any lengths whatsoever to destroy something that they don't understand whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. And so that was very, very poignant to me as a, as a, a child. Um, that being said, very soon after, I saw Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which is my favorite of all of the Planet of the Apes movies, because it shows how one man against all odds can overcome anything and do something different um, and show the world a different way. You know, it was, it was very, I think I saw it at that point as more of a, a warrior, you know, not letting anything stand in his way. And now in retrospect, I see it almost as more of a, a Christ figure. Um, same thing with Omega Man, you know, Tom Heston is absolutely, I mean, if you watch the very end scene where he's laying in the pool, it's, it's you know, his arms are out. And he's bleeding from his side wound, you know, and it's so evident to me, um, which is, is I, I, I have much, much love for the words, the supposed words of Jesus Christ and most of the mentality that he tries to impart within our species. I find it very, very rare that I actually meet a real Christian, you know, someone who like Christian means little Christ. And so it's supposed, you're supposed to live as Christ would have lived. Real rare, man. Real rare. And so when people want to come at me about being a Satanist, if hypocrisy and lies and control and domineering and not forgiving people and not accepting people's faults is something that God or Christ stands for, I have zero interest in it, man. I got zero interest. And so... That's why I, I took the other side. I took the other side to basically 
take those people that the church has cast out and help them do probably exactly what the church would do if they weren't such hypocrites, if they weren't such just savage animals with, with basically shaming people for having natural instincts. You know, it just seems so stupid to me. And so I still, uh, you know, I still think a lot of good can be done. I think, I think a lot of people that really need help, the people that have no one else to turn to, have and will continue to come to this sector to try to take a broken life and make it whole. Do you get discriminated against? For sure. Right now I'm in the middle of a custody battle. Um, I have four hours a week with my daughter because my ex, who I have, literally I spent $80,000 and I have endless proof, pictures, texts, witnesses, all of it. And she has a video of me yelling at her because uh, basically it came down to after a year, after a year of being tortured and staying with her because my child was there, um, she had done something that was enough. It was just enough and she needed a piece of my mind. And so she orchestrated that and got a video of it. And so the court sees me as some kind of rabid animal Satanist. And uh, she's saying that I have armies and we march on top of my house and we're racists and we're any, and anything you can imagine from TV or movies, she threw into the case with zero evidence or proof. Even though I have endless proof, I have her mother is on my side. Her best friend is on my side. Okay, and so that just doesn't happen randomly unless you are just fucking wrong. And they, the court is completely ignoring all of it. They don't care. And so I'm going back to, they maybe jump through some special hoops, which I don't really have a problem doing. Um, they wanted me to see a counselor, and I went to go see the counselor. And uh, he asked me what I wanted to work on, and I told him that I thought everything was cool. And so... I want him to tell me if he thinks that there's something that I need to work on. And so he's now gone to the magistrate and my attorney and stated that there's no reason whatsoever why I should have not have full custody of my child. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see what the court does. I think I have an ex my next court date is June 19th, and we'll see. Um, so far I've been – I approach the case in a, a rather aggressive manner, like I do everything in life. Um, I went to prove that she's a liar. Um, I think that the court thinks that we are being bullies and she's just a poor little victim because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's part of this Me Too movement, uh, you know, which is another aspect. It, it, it depends who it is. It depends who they decide is going to be in trouble for what. Um, and so they just, you know, I think they saw her as a victim, and so I'm just meanie. And so they just ignored everything that anyone had to say. And so we're going to, we're going to find out June 19th. If not, we're going to take it to the Supreme Court. I don't, you know, I have enough money where I don't care. I'll throw another $100,000 to prove a point. doesn't matter to me. It's whatever, you know, because it needs to be done because there's fathers – all over the world 
They have zero rights. It's, if people want to talk about equality all the time, and they want to talk about uh, the patriarchy and this and that, men are the last, last citizens left, you know? And it, it's, it's, I'm not into fifth wave feminism. I'm into equality. I'm into everyone being treated the same, whether it's good or bad. You know, the special privileges nonsense that everyone wants now because of who they dress, how they dress, who they fuck, you know, whatever, any of those things. It's nonsense to me. Nonsense. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you get along with your neighbors? neighbors? Oh, yeah. My neighbors fucking love me, man. No one, no one has a single idea. Like, to me, that's the, that's the comedy of it all, is um, I'm really boring, man. You know, people, people think that I'm having orgies and, and, you know, killing fucking cats and burning them and, you know, crazy, sweet movie shit that they're watching and they're convinced that that's what's going on 24-7. And uh, I am super boring. Um, I like to be left the fuck alone. I have a BMW i8 that I like to drive around in the country and uh, by myself. Um, this coronavirus has done absolutely nothing for my life. It's almost identical to the way it was previously. Uh, luckily, you know, again, as I said, I'm blessed, man. There's people out there starving that have no money and they're not able to work and they can't fend for themselves anymore because certain people want them to be completely subsistent on the government. And, you know, and then there's other people jumping out of the bandwagon because the news is misinterpreting whatever. And so, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having good days, man. Every day is a good day for Eric. I'm a fan of Friedrich Nietzsche. What do you draw from the German philosopher? Everything. Everything. Literally, I just talked about it the other day on, uh, online. Someone brought it up. And I said, Nietzsche all the way, man. That's a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in herd immunity. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a millennia old, but I'm old enough to know that we've never locked down the entire world for, uh, I, I mean, if you want to look at nefarious things that are going on, someone needs, to, someone needs to look around and see what's going on. Because from my perspective, it seems that a foreign country released a biological agent the world over, and then as soon as everyone was on lockdown, tried to economically invade the entire world while starving them out for particular needed health supplies. And so... I think very soon we'll be going to war with China. Um, not only us, your country as well. Are you over in England? Yeah, near London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think pretty soon that's all going to be, I think it's going to be a whole new, you know, this is the new normal. The new normal is about to get real abnormal, I believe. Do you use Nietzschean will to power? Yeah. Uh, nothing's ever stood in my way, you know? The only way anything's ever stood in my way is if it beat me down and I still got up. And so I'm, uh, you know, I'm into it. Um, you know, where certain people have taken his philosophy, I don't necessarily agree with, but everyone can misinterpret things. I don't, you know, you can't, it's just like Einstein. Einstein said that if he knew what they were going to use his formula for limitless energy for, he would have never wrote it down. You know, he thought that, that E equals MC squared was going to be used for limitless energy to evolve the human species. And instead they made it the most destructive thing ever produced on our planet. 
Do you think it would amuse Nietzsche that his quote, that that does not kill us makes us stronger, is now being used in rap music? Um. Ooh. Um. I think it depends on what his mentality was and what he had been exposed to. Um, people have a perspective about, I think, people that are, uh, let's just say, not necessarily economically well off. I think that's how it all starts. Like, you guys are lucky in your country because you guys have been, you've been intermingled for so long that in the ghettos, it's not a black ghetto or a white ghetto. It's the ghetto, you know, and, and that's, that's the way I perceive. Like, I don't care if you're poor and black or poor and white, you know, it's how you act. And so um, there's a lot of people in those areas that are born and programmed to never get anything out of life. I think there's a mental problem going on in some of those areas um, with people not wanting to get out or once they're at a point where they could get out staying in that sick, secular cycle. Um, and so there's people in those areas that are, let, let's say, entrepreneurs that then take that, that money and do something right with it. You know, they get out or they do something better for their family or they do something better for their community. And, and so I think if he was exposed to different areas, if it wasn't just a, a purely clinical outsider perspective on what's going on, I don't think he'd have a problem with it. Yeah, he was fascinated by, you know, things from all over the world. He was caught dancing naked doing a, 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 some kind of Hindu dance in a hotel room at one point. <laughs> And his sister was a prototype Nazi, and he fell out with her over that. One of the last things he did was he was hugging a horse, wasn't he, before they put him in an institution? Yeah. yeah fa fascinating uh, character. That's very interesting about his sister. I wasn't aware of that. I wonder if, if neo-Nazis and uh, the KKK are aware of that little piece of information when they throw his, uh, you know, his rhetoric around, which to me is super funny. Um, you know, we see a lot of, uh, a lot of people utilizing, uh, you know, Nazi rhetoric to, or, or Nietzsche or whatever. And if you look at them, they're also inbred, the, uh, you know, how, how it's just super funny to me, uh, that you have people, uh, talking about how they're, they're superior due to their skin color. And yet they're so inbred that they have health issues that will kill them off by the time they're 52, you know, and they're, they're morbidly obese and they're carrying around these like, we're, you know, we're the best. Like, what are you kidding? Are you, it's, it's funny. It's all, to me, they're funny. And I have, a, I have a lot of friends that are black and they're always asking me like, hey, didn't you see these guys at that Trump rally? And I was like, I definitely saw those four inbreds out of 5,000 people at the Trump rally. I totally did, you know, and they're like, well, they support Trump. And I'm like, and, you know, that doesn't mean any, it's, it's why there's tons of idiots. Like we have, let's say serial killers. Uh, Richard Ramirez was very, uh, very interested in, in Satanism. Um, I think Richard Ramirez was a confused, mentally ill Christian 
who needed to blame something that didn't exist on his mental issues. And that's the way I see, uh, I see a, a ton of it, you know, where we have people that absolutely would not be Satanists that actually believe in the devil and they believe it, you know, um, and we have, we have nothing to do with it. I won't even hear it. I won't like, I won't, I won't even, uh, let's say that I won't even placate to it for anyone, even if I like them, even, you know, there's people that I've met that in the, in the, the order or whatever, uh, that are much higher up, you know, than, than I'm supposed to be. And I've had zero issue telling them my, my direct thought process and having any, I, I don't necessarily care what your title is. I care what you do. And that's it. Yeah, speaking of the inbred gene pool, I think that's one of the reasons the royal family brought Princess Diana into the mix. And Nietzsche got a bad rap because of the Nazis propagandizing his work. So that caused an um, unfavorable taint to his legacy. Do you believe in aliens? Uh, yes, but I want to get back to the aliens real quick. Um, before that, uh, I believe the, the Stuarts, she was a Spencer, correct? Diana? Yes. Yeah. She, she, so she's back. So I think they were technically still related. I think if you go back several bloodlines. And so, I mean, that was a power play. Um, you know, do I think it's cool that they had her murdered? No, I don't. And I absolutely believe they had her murdered. Um, they were never going to have a, a Muslim heir to the, the to England ever. Um, I That might be why Harry's gone too. You know, why, why this whole, I think he just doesn't, I think he's just done with it. I think they were probably, they, they treated her like they treated Diana. And um, I just don't think she, I don't think he wanted it. And I don't think she wanted it. And so, I mean, they'll be fine, man. You know, it's not like they're not going to get money. It's not, you know, they can, they can do whatever they want. They're, they're, they are very, very privileged at this point. And so, um, you know, but I bet you they're real mad about her. I'm not going to tell you I don't think that the queen is just pissed. Uh, just due to her skin color, you know, nothing else, whether she's a, a good woman or nice or the fact that she's divorced is a super big issue. And the fact that she's black is another issue, I think, for the royal family. You know, they can they can talk about inclusivity and make sure all the peasants, you know, are all doing the same thing. But it's different when it comes to the royal family, I'm sure. So your thoughts on aliens and the Atlanteans 12 and a half thousand years ago? Okay. Uh, I believe that there have to be aliens. Uh, I cannot be so ignorant to believe that our species is the only cognizant life in the universe. Um, the billions of planets, it's absolutely statistically impossible that we are the only species of living life anywhere. Um, but then, you know, do I, do I think they're here? No, I think they were here. Uh, getting back to the Atlantean aspect, I think that they probably came here and I think they probably made the human species, just like they say in the Sumerian plates where we were concocted in a jar, um, 
And I think they gave us information from the past. I think they gave us information of the stars. I think that's why you, if you look, again, the Sumerians are the best example because they have star maps, you know, that show all the planets in the constellation of our planet from 6,000 years ago when there were no telescopes at all. It's, I mean, is it a lucky guess? You know, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, and so I, I think, I think actually there were probably two species that came here. One that told us information uh, and had technology. And I think that's probably the Atlanteans. And then I think during the Great Deluge, certain members were relocated, whether by boat or accident or luck or whatever, to different parts of the world, Mesopotamia, Samaria, and then shared that knowledge, you know, Egypt, and, and that's how I, I think it's all just a giant game of telephone. If you look at some of the Aztec things, there's there's just things that, that are very complicated to explain. You know, how, how, how savages made stone blocks that each weigh five tons that you can't fit a piece of paper between, you know, with hand tools is, is I guess, possible, but not incredibly likely. You mentioned freedom of religious expression. In terms of freedom of speech then, what do you think about people like Alex Jones and David Icke, uh, two most famous conspiracy researchers, getting deplatformed? Uh, I love that you said conspiracy researchers. Um, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think it's the beginning of book burning as far as I'm concerned, there's different ways to burn a book, you know, and them just nixing people out. I, I mean, I am for free speech for everyone. I don't care how vile, how disgusting. I don't care what it you want to say. I think everyone should have a right to say whatever they want. I also think everyone has a right to be judged and attacked, punished, depending on their mentality. And I, I, I the fact that everyone now this PC culture has been around for, for a minute and, uh, you know, all you're doing is you're breeding a society of liars. I'd much rather know someone that hates me. I'd much rather them tell me to my face than kiss my ass and pretend to be nice to me and waste my time. I would much rather. And that's, again, and the other reason why I use Satanism is because it, it, I used it in conjunction with my art as a shock tactic, but Basically, it almost immediately transforms everything into three distinct groups, and it makes things very simple. There are people that are interested, there are people that are not interested, and then there are people that might not be into what you're into, but they at least want to know what the process is behind it, and those are actually the people I care about. The other two I don't need to waste my time with. They're gonna, the ones that like it are going to hang out and try to be fan fan boys or whatever, and girls, whatever, um, the ones that hate it are going to stay far away from it. You're never doing anything to change their mind. And so the ones in the middle are the important ones because they're the ones that want to grow. So every so, community of people is going to have some criminals in it and some people who are really going to cross the line. What are your thoughts on satanic ritual abuse? Uh, I mean, I think I went over that earlier, that if I saw any of that going on within my presence, I would, I would definitely be in prison for murdering someone in the most 
fastidious manner, honestly. Uh, so whether I'm supposed to say that or not, I don't care. Uh, I have spent my entire life making sure that people who couldn't help themselves were safe. And no one I have, I would never, again, again, I would never associate with such a, a human being. Man. If anyone, if I ever saw it, if ever, it wouldn't go on, you know? Um, and no one that I know would allow any of that to go on. Uh, you know, we can go back to, do I think it actually happens? I, for my, for my life and living in, and I am fully immersed myself into this. It's not like I, I, I dabbled, you know, I fully immersed myself into it. I have never seen any at all aspect of that through me um, or through the Satanists that I know or anyone that I know from the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple for that matter. Uh, even though I'm not fans of either of those organizations, I'm still not going to stay. I'm not going to throw them under the bus and say that they've done something that I haven't seen. Um, I have seen none of that at all. And again, we have to look and see. I do believe some of that is probably going on in a, at a higher level. I, again, it's, it's the game hunting to me. It's just like, what is it, the collector? You know, the collector is an excellent example. If you've ever read that or watched the movie, it's, it's basically people just hunt humans. It's a movie about hunting people because it's, you know, the most dangerous game. And so I would, I would absolutely believe that somewhere people might be doing that. But again, all that stuff was investigated by the FBI in the 90s over, over 400 and some reports. I think it was almost 500, and not a single one panned out to be real. There were lots of schizophrenics. There were lots of people that had been basically brainwashed by the media to think that this had happened. But the, the FBI was not able to find anything of the sort. And so, you know, I don't know. Do you think Charles, Charles Manson and the Manson family had a satanic element or it was more so a case of a CIA LSD experiment gone wrong? The latter, the latter for sure. Um, you know, I, I know people that actually know Charles Manson who've been to prison millions of times I don't know about millions, but lots of times. In fact, I have, a, I have a giant signed art collection of Charles Manson, specifically because someone went to go visit Charles Manson and brought very, I have, I have books that, you know, we spoke about Nietzsche and, and all these other things. I have books that are instrumental in different aspects of Satanism that he particularly signed and did artwork in and, and whatever. Um, and I'm glad to have them. I find him to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, but he's, he's just a crazy pimp. That's what it comes down to for me, is you got a, a crazy pimp that looked the right way and just tried a different game um, and was able to, to do it. Um, do I think that, in, in this again, I've always wanted to know the truth. I didn't want to know about Charles Manson from TV. I wanted to know from people that actually met him and knew him as a person. And so um, 
I think he probably knows a lot about occultism. I think he probably knows a lot about the way reality really works. Um, he is absolutely insane, for sure. Um, he's also a Scorpio. And I don't know if anyone cares about any of that, but most of them are just charlatans at best, criminals at worst. Um, you know, and so uh, it's all about masquerading and not reality. And so, you know, if you read interviews with Charlie, they, they portrayed him as some hippie, hippie guru. And Charlie said he was more into Sinatra than Dylan. And so who's, you know, from, from what I've seen, I think he knows what's going on. Do I know? You know, I don't know if they actually killed all those people. I don't know. Um, it was definitely utilized. It definitely ended the hippies. Like, if you look, that was, that was the end of it right there. No more hippies, you know. And so you, you kind of have to look at Nixon for some of that stuff to figure out whether it was real or whether it was just fierce, fear tactics. Um, you know, the fact that was it, Sharon Tate, an incredibly famous actress at the time, was chosen. Like, you have to look at who was chosen and how much of a ramification and what circles those people would have been instrumental in controlling. And so, I don't know, you know, I don't know. He claims he had nothing to do with any of it. You know, every criminal in prison says the exact same thing. I didn't do it, um, you know. And so, I don't know, I don't know, you know. I, I think he's one of those warped, was one of those warped, I guess, evil genius is what I would state. Um, probably along the same lines as Hitler, where instead of utilizing, and I think they both had some great ideas, I think the way they were orchestrated and utilized are absolutely, um, it, it, I just can't really fathom it because they both use the natural order and the natural cycle of, of patterns to get a organic thing mentally and then they used a man-made mentality of hate to destroy. So how you can have the mentality of growth and then orchestrate it as destruction, I'm just not, I, I think you have to be mentally ill. You know, otherwise you would have, they would have, Manson actually would have helped people. Manson would have been the United States Mother Teresa for stupid hippies, you know, that wanted to run away from their house for being privileged. And so, you know, I don't know. Um, but I know that the person that I know that knows him definitely said he wasn't completely sane. Well, thank you for spending so much time with us, Eric, and you're sharing your wealth of knowledge. Just a final question then. I'm anticipating that in the comments section, some people are going to say this Eric guy, he's having you over, he's putting on the, the good face, he's pretending to be a good Satanist. Satanism is all about evil. And what would you, how would you respond to those people? Uh, I dare anyone to find anything in my background that would prove that. Um, I've already stated there's a video of me yelling at someone, um, and I got in trouble for that. Um, I also, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm a saint, 
have gotten in trouble, but for those particular aspects, they could ask any, literally anyone that I know from any background. And I have friends of all backgrounds. Um, and if I was, I think if I was, I don't know, watch and wait, I guess is what I would tell them. Cause it's going to be very hard for them to change their mind anyway. But I think when they see the results of what I've discussed this evening, um, I don't, you know, I don't care if you want to claim Jesus is the master or whatever. To me, it's all about doing the right thing and trying to, trying to help people the most that you can. And so if someone sees me not doing that um, and they see me, you know, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 I, I told you I'm, I'm closer to a Baptist than what I think most people would consider a, a, a Protestant preacher. Um, in fact, I had a guy from the Vatican come and interview me a Jesuit priest come and interview me about my perspective of, of God. And um, he said I was the closest to a true Christian that he had ever met. Wow. So well, you're definitely a fascinating character. And some of the people watching this may perhaps want to reach out to you. Uh, do you have a website or any social, are you on any socials? Uh, I am. Well, if they're interested in the house, they can just Google the house of wills. W-I-L-L-S, Cleveland, and there's a million things. Um, for me, I'm on Facebook, is is primarily the way I, I keep in contact with people. Uh, the, the other things are, it's just, I don't care about having 50 different whatevers. Um, and so I, people can hit me up there. Um, I don't know, it's about, uh, or there's, you know, I guess that they could also write for, uh, I think it's, ordosatanist.com is the other website that they'll be able to get a hold of me at. Okay, so if you send those links over, we're going to put all those links in the description box below this video. So it's just one click away for people to get on there. And also, please put your questions in the and comments in the comment section below. Let us know what you thought about today's video. And if you've got any questions for Eric, you can put them down there. Huge thank you to all the people who subscribed. Subscription logo is in the bottom right-hand corner of this video. And huge thank you to people who donated. All those links are in the description box as well. So thank you very much for watching this. And thank you again, Eric, for your time. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Can I add one more thing real quick? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. The other thing I'd like to add in is if anyone, if anyone is convinced of what they think Satanism is, they can look up online all they have to do is google modern satanism or levian satanism and they can figure out it, it's very clear don't harm animals don't harm children stupidity is the number one sin it, it's all just very they might not like the way it's marketed but it's the rules and the structure are very concrete what does that mean stupidity is the number one sin um don't be don't be a moron Try not to do stupid things. Um, in fact, LeVay said uh, stu stupidity should be painful, is what he said. <laughs> and so we, we try to, instead of just doing things, uh, you know, there's something to be said for gut response and there's something to be said for gut action. There's also something to be said for being clinical and organizing thoughts and choosing the right manner on how to attack things. So how, how painful, like 10 lashes, nipple clamps? Oh, man. Um, 
let me hold on. Let me think of my stupidest moments in my life and try to figure <laughs> out what would have shocked me out of that. Uh, maybe a, maybe a shock collar. Maybe like a dog shock collar or something fucked up like that. <laughs> where you were like, ah, oh, it's like some kind of weird Black Mirror episode where you're just like, as soon as you start doing something stupid, it just stops you. You know, it makes you perfect. You know. And then you do anything at all because it's all stupid. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for leaving, leaving it on a light-hearted note, Eric. Really appreciate that, man. Cheers. Thanks very much for having me, Sean. I appreciate Take care. it. Take care.